from Studio One at the Worldwide Headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I know I'm supposed to talk to you about football, but I got to give you a quick chicken wing update. This is the most important thing that's happened all day. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. I told you earlier as I prepare for my Super Bowl shindig on Sunday mm-hmm. that uh, I, I I said, you know, hey, J. Tim's, the best wings by far I've ever had in my life. They're in Connecticut. Uh, J. Tim's, uh, they're sold out for Sunday. You can't get Super Bowl wings on Sunday or Saturday. And I had a buddy reach out, and I was under the understanding that those wings that you could get on Friday were frozen. So I asked you, should we get frozen wings? J. Tim's has tweeted me. All right. First and foremost, uh, I'll always give J. Tim's a shout out because the the food's amazing. Uh, But most importantly, they actually sent me the deets on the situation. It turns out they are not frozen wings. It's just a cold pack of wings. So they're cooked through and chilled, never frozen, sauces on the side, called the cold wing pack. Now I'm all in. Like sauce on the side. No, 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 no. Check this out now. Uh Uh-uh. Check this out. Since they responded... And they understand about Fitz and Harry. You let them know that you're exclusive. <laughs> and even though they're, they're sold out for you, they need to make the wings for you on Super Bowl Sunday. That's how exclusive you are. Wow. Let them know that this is Fitz and Harry nationally on ESPN Radio. And we're mentioning J. Tim's, their restaurant, their establishment. I'm sure so that- therefore, you shouldn't even have to pay for it either. Uh- they should be willing to cater it. As, for my brother, Jason Fitz. As somebody that's been in radio for a minute, I know that I actually am not allowed to do that. But I will pay for him, J-Tim. Just give me the fresh ones on Sunday. I, I like All the bosses are going to come screaming down the hall. They're like, you can't take me. I get it. I get it, guys. Everybody calm down. Uh, Field Yates is going to give us uh, his thoughts on J-Tim's now. So, Field, uh, like I'm supposed to talk to you about football, but this is breaking, developing. Like I'm mentioning J-Tim's. They're tweeting me during the show. Have you ever done the cold pack of J-Tim's wings at this point? Like uh, I've never done this, so I'm a little scared, but you, you know, get them cold. They've never been frozen. I warm them up myself on Sunday. This feels safe, right? Safe, right? Yeah, it does, but I would just say this is that J. Tim's wings are so darn good when they're fresh and hot that I would never bother going down the cold pack road. So we all love going over to J. Tim's. They take great care of all of us at ESPN, and we love the quick trip from our campus in Bristol right around the corner of the J. Tim's. They always uh, find a way to have you feeling great on the way out. Look at that. You know what, Field? I love you, buddy. Uh, okay. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's move to actual uh, actual football conversation here. Uh, let, let's start with the quarterbacks, particularly, because obviously uh, Mr. Lurie said with the Eagles that there's nothing on the line for Jalen Hurts. You buying that when it comes to his contract situation? Win or lose, there is nothing left for him to prove? I am. Uh, I do. And I, I do buy that. And you know, obviously, if he wins the Super Bowl on Sunday, uh, it probably like determines the ceiling just a little bit higher. But I think one thing we've learned with quarterback contracts over the years, guys, is that oftentimes the highest paid guy or close to the highest paid guy is just the next man up, right? I mean, the idea that Patrick Mahomes now makes less on an average annual basis in terms of the new years in this contract, both Deshaun Watson and then Kyler Murray, Seems utterly ridiculous, but it's also because Patrick Mahomes signed a deal prior to when those two guys signed a deal. We've seen this 
year after year after year, some very, like, not number one quarterbacks in the NFL have held the highest paid quarterback label. So wouldn't surprise me if Jalen Hurts, win or lose this upcoming Sunday, if a deal is done this offseason, it's somewhere in the vicinity of 47 maybe $48 million per year in new money. And, you know, people are going to say that's a big number for anybody, but just get used to it, right? Like, soon enough, $50 million is going to feel like a bargain for a quarterback. It's just the way roster construction works in the NFL. And, Phil, from an offensive standpoint for the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, uh, what has to happen? Does Patrick Mahomes have to be, you know, Superman, or do they have to do this thing collectively to be able to beat the Eagles? Yeah, I think, you know, I think Mahomes being Superman always gives the Chiefs such a decided edge. I will point to the offensive line, though, this upcoming Sunday, and, you know, I think the big difference between what we saw almost, or now, what, 10 days ago, the AFC Championship game, and what I expect to see this upcoming Sunday is that, you know, the Chiefs offense did a really, really good job of keeping Patrick Mahomes largely clean and largely unscathed throughout the course of the game. Meanwhile, the Chiefs defense was the one that was giving the Bengals offensive line fits. I think that both the Bengals, excuse me, the Eagles offensive line and the Eagles pass rush is superior to Cincinnati's. And I think that's more where the game is going to be won because, well, I know that Patrick Holmes is going to play on Sunday. I also know he's far from 100%. I mean, a high ankle sprain is usually somewhere like a month recovery. He's only, what, two, two and a half weeks removed uh, from that injury as of right now. So uh, if the Chiefs are unable to keep Patrick Mahomes clean and inside the pocket, then it's going to be a longer day for them offensively than it was the last time around. And I think the truth is that even though uh, the Chiefs have continued to win, like we've seen a bit of a different formula in the playoffs, right? A 23 to 20 win over the Bengals. You know, how often we're talking about the Chiefs scoring only 23 points and winning a game in the playoffs. Usually it's a 35-31 win. So their defense has been exceptional. The offense is going to have to be really good this Sunday, though. We're talking to Field Yates, Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is where you can check him out. Uh, obviously, Field has worked with both of us on the NFL Draft uh, for many years at this point. So, Field, I'm going to ask you a bit of a question for now and for the draft. Um, in my mind, we've now seen two quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, that have been able to increase their accuracy at what was perceived before as something couldn't be done, right? Like, they've been both become much more accurate during their pro careers than they were coming in. Is this something that now we can start to look at college quarterbacks even as we prep for this year's draft and say, hey, accuracy is now a coachable or fixable issue in ways that we didn't think it was in the past? I don't think so. I think that there are different types of accuracy, though, because I think what we have to do our best is to look past just completion percentage and whether completion percentage is a perfect indicator of accuracy or not. In some people's eyes, we have to accept that there are more ways to measure it, right? And in the college game, a lot of these quarterbacks are doing so much of their damage at or near the line of scrimmage where they're basically just throwing the ball on extended handoffs to these wide receivers that take it to the distance, they'll take it to the house or take it the distance. The next thing you know, the quarterback has 350 passing yards per game uh, because of those awesome wideouts. So I think in Jalen Hurts' case, like, I don't know that accuracy was ever a major, major, major issue. I think it's more that. You know, they actually were throwing the football down the field more. And as a matter of fact, his first season in the NFL or as a starter, you go back and look at those numbers late in the season, a lot of his, his, his completion percentage was not imposing. It was, as a matter of fact, like very average. 
but the average depth of target was also monumental. So I think that accuracy is one of those that we tend to use like a catch-all stat and completion percentage. When with just a little bit of digging, you'll find out there's a lot more to it. Uh, but there are quarterbacks that, um, you know, I think you kind of know it the first time you see it, that like if you're wildly inaccurate, that's going to be really hard to coach up. I mean, certainly you can improve footwork, footwork and mechanics, but um, those guys tend to have a persistent issue over the course of their career. All right, so Harry and I have a persistent issue in this show. What, what, Harry, Harry and I have a very persistent issue. We've been having an argument today, and uh, Mommy and Daddy are fighting. I'm going to need Field Yates to solve this. So far, everybody seems to be taking Daddy's side, and I think we know which one of us is Daddy in this situation. We, it, It's about Dak. Uh, we Earlier we were talking about the extension possibility for Dak, and Harry said, you know, Dak might need to take a pay cut so they can build around him. I say go get every dime you can in an escalating quarterback market and don't trust the Cowboys to spend money wisely, even if you give them money back. So get every dollar you can. Whose side are you going to take in this fight between Mommy and Daddy Field? Okay, well, here's the reality, is that from the pragmatic team-building approach, Harry Douglas is correct, right? I mean... The, what, what, you know, Dak's legacy would be so enhanced with greater playoff success that if he were to take a pay cut of $5 bucks, that would open up that much more to spend elsewhere. Uh, Jason Fitz, though, is speaking with like the sort of the responsible agent slash union hat on where it's like, why on earth would Dak Prescott take a pay cut when no other quarterback of his caliber is going to be asked to take a pay cut either? And oh, by the way, if you go look at Dak's contract, it's like wealth or something like that amongst quarterbacks. It's not like Dak's a top two paid quarterback and you're not getting top two production. So I would tell you right now that there is probably a negative percent chance that Dak actually takes a pay cut this offseason. I think that the tricky part for athletes when they do take a pay cut is that if a player volunteers it, a player of a particular stature like Dak, that puts a pressure, spoken or unspoken, on all the rest of the guys on the roster that aren't Dak Prescott, right? If you're a you know middle-of-the-road linebacker who's making $6 million bucks a year and the guy who's making forty says, no, I'll take a, you know, a, a $5 million pay cut, like, do you feel the pressure to then take a pay cut that uh, is the same percentage of your check as Dak just did? I think there's always that fine line. I mean, I think it's why we see that um, you know these athletes at the top of the market in the NBA, like, Maybe part of them would want to take a discount on uh, a max contract because they understand the cap flexibility it gets them. But the problem is that if they take it, then all these guys who actually aren't max players, get that, but they get paid max money in the NBA, would feel a different pressure as well. So it's almost like a social responsibility as an athlete to get every dime that you can get. Trust me, Phil, I know I was asked to take a pay cut <laughs> my last few years in the league. You Trust me, no. I, I know I know that side of it. Did, Trust did, me, did if anybody Phil, knows, I know. Did Phil just say we were both right somehow? Yeah, somewhere? he did. He, Phil, he articulated boy, that very, that very like, well. That was like a kid being dragged in. It's like, I'm not taking either side of this argument. Mom, Dad, you're both right. I see what you just did there, Phil. We appreciate you, though. Anyway, we, we still love you. And if I get any wings, uh, I'll save one for you. Just one. For you, just one. Okay, fair enough. Just one. That's it, huh? <laughs> Look, the inner fat kid in me doesn't share. Like, I can't. I can't help that field. Thanks for hanging out with yeah. us, brother. 
All right, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, I'm not giving him two wings. I mean, and he's getting a drumstick, not a flat. Flats are better well, we, than We drums. have an announcement. Oh, we have an Jay announcement? Tim's just wrote back and said that they got you on Sunday, Fitz. They love, they love listening to Fitz and Harry, so shout out to Jay Tim's, man. We love y'all too, baby. <laughs> I believe this has happened over the course of the last 20 minutes. My God. Uh, and look, we're not going to let you weigh in on wings. Uh, Devin, because, stop with the damn horn. I mean, uh, I mean, he's just doing it. Devin's very excited. <laughs> you know why Devin's excited? Because he's coming to my Super Bowl shindig. So Devin just realized he's getting wings. <laughs> All right. You can weigh in. Who's right? Does Dak need to take a pay cut or not? We'll break it down next. We'll give you more of our thoughts and take your calls. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Here's Brad Maher for the extra point. Left hash. The kick is blocked. Slant over the middle to Turpin. He's tackled immediately, and this game is over. And so is the Cowboys' season. Y'all are fired up about Dak. But I understand it because we are too. It started as an innocent conversation. You know, if Dak's going to sign a contract extension, should he consider a pay cut to make everything about, around him better? Which turned into a heated conversation, and y'all are now chiming in. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz sitting with Harry Douglas. Not only are you chiming in, but the great Ed Werder chiming in also, uh, quote tweeting as we tweeted out, should Dak... Uh, take a pay cut and showed a little of our uh, heated discussion about it earlier. Well, uh, Ed came out and said, what leverage do the Cowboys have to make this a reality? Dak would laugh in their faces. He'll be signing an extension, if anything, this offseason. Now, that speaks to a couple of things. I think for anyone that doesn't know, Harry, signing an extension would be a way for the Cowboys to essentially the spread out this cap money longer. So it lowers yep. his number. It lets them make some maneuvers around him without him necessarily having to take a pay cut. They can guarantee some money up front. It makes it easy. And it's important to note that you were never saying that the Cowboys should force him. No, no You no. were simply saying that he should consider it because right. it, it could help his situation. Especially consider it for the betterment of the team, especially getting him more pieces so he can thrive even more, in which we didn't see this season. I remember now, Dak Prescott threw 15 interceptions in what, 12 or 13 regular season games? And yeah. threw two in a playoff game in which the last game versus San Francisco 49ers, he was the sole reason why they did not advance. Yeah. So if, if I'm looking at things and I don't have an Amari Cooper, I need more guys around. Tony Pollard's going to be a free agent, and I want Tony Pollard back then I would consider that if I'm Dak Prescott. I will say this one more time. I'm a former player. I'm all for players getting their money. But when it comes to a bigger goal that you want to accomplish, as in winning a Super Bowl as well, I think you have to consider it if you're Dak Prescott. Also, let me, for the one millionth time on this show, I feel like in the we've been on air for a month. For I think a millionth time in the month, I'm going to remind everybody that a mediocre quarterback will now cost you $40 million a year. Just get used to it. Everybody wants to get playing. I can't believe he makes $40 million. Look, a mediocre quarterback costs you $40 million a year. 
That's the cost of doing business. I'm just saying, look at the numbers. Your favorite team with a mediocre quarterback is going to have to pay him $40 million. Motch in Alaska, whenever Motch calls, man, it's like the bat phone. The wolf pack, wolf pack grows by one. Motch, what you got, brother? Thanks for calling us. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Um, well, you know, I think Dak, uh, he got his bag. He had his chance. He's had a good team around him for the last four years. He should have took him to the promised land, you know. I think Jerry Jones said it all when he said he's going to draft and develop quarterbacks. I mean, that I that is a – Mach makes a fair point, Harry. Like, we just talked about it, but one way you can avoid having to get into the mediocrity for $40 million sweepstakes is constantly develop younger guys that you think you can just plug and play. Like, I, mm. I, just, whew, that's easier said than done. It's definitely easier said than done because when you look at the National Football League, if, if it was that easy, then you'll see a lot of teams doing it and not paying their quarterbacks that they actually do have. This was a stat I'm stealing from Mike Tannenbaum that was on Get Up today. Mm-hmm. They looked at every quarterback drafted between uh, from 18 to 22. 56 quarterbacks were drafted during that four-year period. Of those 56, including Gardner Minshew as one of them, there were eight hits. He included Gardner, and there were eight hits on that list. Eight right, and then 48 wrong. So the concept, yeah, I'm just going to go draft a quarterback. Could. No, let me know how that works out. John and Dayton, what you got? Thanks for calling the show, man. We appreciate you. What you got, John? Hey, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say as an Eagles fan, you know, we kind of went through some things with Carson Wentz, and we kind of had to tear down and rebuild. But my question for you guys is whether Dak takes a pay cut or not, what did they do do the pay cuts and what did they trim everything else around him and things like that? And then what if it still doesn't work out? So then what is your plan B? Thanks you guys. Well, let me, let me say this really quick. Cause, uh, Ed water just tweeted me back. Cause I was, I was basically saying that's why I, I thought Dak should consider it. Um, if he wants more pieces around him to be better. So Ed did point out Ed water. He said, I don't think the cap space prevented the Cowboys from having better players in the passing game on offense. He's, he's, he went on to say misjudgment by the front office did. I, such a, And that comes to John's point. Like, if, if you're Dak, well, there's a couple of different angles for this for Dak. If he goes in and, and says, no, the Cowboys have no other option, but also the Cowboys have just mismanaged the roster. Like, that's what we keep talking about as we get ready for the Super Bowl. And as much as we're talking about Hurts versus Mahomes, how many times, Harry, have you acknowledged mm-hmm. that the Eagles – drafted better than everybody. They used free agency better than everybody. They traded better than everybody. What have the Chiefs done? The Chiefs have found a way to draft better than everybody. They've taken scrap yep. heaps, uh, scraps off the rest of the league and made them great with Mahomes and Andy Reid coaching them. They consistently build a better roster. So, like, uh, cool, you can give Jerry Jones all the salary cap space in the world. I don't think that that's going to give him the ability to use that space in a way that doesn't destroy what the Cowboys are trying to build up. Okay, so if it, is it safe to say that Jerry Jones is what's holding this thing up for the Dallas Cowboys? Because I did mention earlier when they traded for Amari, when they traded Amari Cooper, right? And then next thing you know, the wide receiver market has been shifted. Mm. That twenty, I think it was twenty million dollars Amari Cooper would have made this past season or did make this past season. That basically looked like chump change compared to what the other guys at the top market was making at the wide receiver position. That's how quick it shifted. Well, and and that speaks to we always talk about. Well, Dak's only you know one one playoff game. Jerry Jones and the front office of the Cowboys have only built a roster capable of winning one playoff game. That's the more accurate way to say it. 
and I don't I don't care how much equity you give them available to go out and spend. I don't trust the organization as a whole to build a better team around Dak. Dak might not have played well. There's no might not. Dak didn't play well enough. I will give you that all day long. But that doesn't excuse the Cowboys for what they've done in this roster construction. We'll take more of your calls. You guys have slammed the lines. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. More of your thoughts on Dak and whether or not he should take a pay cut. Plus, what's at stake for Patrick Mahomes on Sunday? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. To be on the world stage, have two black quarterbacks start in the Super Bowl, I think it's special. Yeah, I think it's history. I think it's something that's worthy of being noted, and it is history. What those two guys did this whole season and how they played, I think it's unbelievable. I'm just glad that we can kind of set the stage for kids that are coming up now. The rise of the black quarterback, the prominence of black quarterbacks, is what will in part define this era of football that we're in right now. That music can mean only one thing. I'm Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. It means the Wolfpack's about to go by one. And that one is the amazing, incomparable Diana Rossini joining us right now, ESPN NFL reporter. She's in Arizona. We're going to get right to it, Diana. I know you are slammed. I appreciate you giving us some time to hang out. You were just with the Chiefs moments ago at their press conference. What are they saying ahead of the Super Bowl? Never too busy for you guys. They are loading onto the bus right now. They're going to head over to Arizona State University. They're going to go through a really light walkthrough today. Yesterday, though, they were in pads. Okay, so first of all, to just hear about any team in pads this time of year is is just absolutely wild. And I talked to Andy Reid about it uh, right to the side after he stepped off the podium of just kind of the, the psychology. What? Why? And he's like, look, we, we haven't touched each other on the field in, in, in over a week. We haven't really done a lot because we were off all last week. So we, did, we, we had a hit. And I, I thought maybe he was just saying they were in pads, like kind of just going through drills. He's like, no, 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 no. We were hitting each other yesterday. We know what we're facing on Sunday. We're facing a physical team. We've got to get ready. So guys had a, had a pretty hard practice yesterday. They'll have a light one today. And then tomorrow they'll have a full-speed practice, kind of just like a normal week. But, guys, there's just so many good details that you're learning about this Chiefs team that that I I didn't know and I don't think fans knew. I mean, something as simple as they're not allowed to wear black sneakers ever, like ever. I don't don't know. It's an Andy Reid thing. We don't know why. He just has his role. Uh, They've been going over preparations for the Super Bowl, like actually what the day is going to be like every single day, pregame, halftime. Uh, they'll stop practice for those, you know, the, the 25, 30 minutes of what halftime is going to be um, just to mentally get themselves ready. They practiced what would happen if a fan runs out on the field on Sunday. What do you do there, right? Um, and it's actually funny. I, I found out that little detail last night that they practiced that. And I couldn't sleep last night because I kept thinking, well, how do you practice that? And what are you supposed to do if a fan runs on the field? And I, I got some answers today from the guys. They said uh, they were told nobody's allowed to tackle anybody. Security has to handle it. So you have to step aside. So, so that's the answer. So 
so really the big picture here, guys, this Chiefs team, they're, they're known for the details. This is why so many people believe headed into this game, the Chiefs have the edge because you've got Andy Reid leading the way. Now, I do think it's a different story once we get in-game, but leading up to it, this is the advantage the Chiefs have on top of the experience. No, Diana, that, that's, that's a great point because Andy Reid, uh, we know he's a phenomenal coach, but at the end of the day, it's the little things and the fine-tuned details uh, that could propel you to a Super Bowl win or be the reason why you have a Super Bowl loss. So I love hearing that, that he's going over those uh, minute, those tiny details because you never know when they're going to come up. But when they do come up, you d- my special teams coach that I had, Keith Armstrong, used to say, well, before every warning, there's always an accident. You don't want it to come up in a moment and you're not prepared for it. So I, I- I'll applaud Andy Reid for that. Diana, no. go ahead. It's, it's interesting you, you bring that up, Harry, because – I asked Andy, um, yeah, I, I love finding out about reflection on mistakes you make. Because it, coaches and players always tell you later, oh, man, like, I struggled so much during that week in preparations in this area, that area. And, and because they've done this before, has there been anything that they've done in the past where, where they want to avoid it? And, and Andy said, yeah, actually, there's a lot of things. He goes, First of all, penalties is my biggest thing from the last time we were here. Uh, he goes, but that's a pretty obvious answer. Um, but, but they have been reflecting a lot on the things that they did wrong the last time they were here or the last time they were in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. And um, I think that's been a big part of the theme this week, which is, yeah, they're focused on the Eagles, but they're really focused on themselves. So with that being said, as much as we talk about Patrick Mahomes and his legacy on every single show, how important is a second Super Bowl in your mind for Andy Reid's legacy? Uh, I think it's it's extremely important. Um, look, he he is the best coach in the league at this time right now. There, I, I don't think there's a lot of people that are going to debate you on that. Um, I have to say, being around Andy this week, and I've covered him before. I've covered him for years now. I feel a different vibe with this team right now. I do in terms of being locked in and. and feeling like they've got to prove when you talk to them, they seem, they seem kind of pissed off a little that we were all telling the world six months ago that trading Tyree kill was the biggest mistake and Tyree and Patrick Mahomes was going to miss Tyree kill more than Tyree kill was going to miss Patrick Mahomes. All the things, all the banter that we went on television with few of us were smart enough to say the Chiefs are going to go this far, but some of us made the mistake of doubting them. They, it's like they kept receipts. Um, in years past when I covered the Chiefs, I always felt like I was covering the best of the best. I felt like these were guys who believed in who they were, what they were, knew what they were, knew that the world was behind them on it. This team is different. They've got edge. They, they, they have this underdog mentality that's a different flavor for a Kansas City Chiefs team led by Patrick Mahomes. You know, and, and that's what I keep trying to remind myself as well when I'm around these guys. Of, they still got 15, yet they don't act like they do right now. And I think this is going to help them. And even, even you know, Safety Juan Thornhill was sharing with me, they love this. They love the space they are in mentally. They needed it to feel like everyone was tired of them and sick of them. They needed the edge. And now everyone's downing them, and here they come. Oh, the more I listen to this, Diana, the more I realize I'm just going to have to face this juggernaut for the next 10 years of my fandom. <sighs> enjoy Arizona, Diana Rossini. We appreciate you hanging out with us as it all as always. Uh, enjoy the experience, and uh, it's really cool that you just get to be there and that you gave us a few minutes. We really appreciate your time, my friend. 
Anytime you need me, this is seriously a pleasure and just such an honor to be able to cover the, the greatest game of the year. So thank you for having me on, and I'll talk to you guys hopefully another time this week. Uh, it, it's always great work from Diana Rossini covering, uh, and, and it's never lost on me, Harry. Like, you know, this is the week that so many people that we work with get to go out and really be right there in the thick of it, and it's such a showcase moment. For me, every year the national championship is that, right? Like, Because we're always on site for the Natty in college football, and that's always the time that I walk on the field and think, man, you know, I, I, I can't believe I'm here. I haven't gotten to do that yet at a Super Bowl uh, with us, but uh, I, I it's can't. It's okay. It's okay. Fitz and Harry, at some point, we're going to be at the Super Bowl, and we're going to be able to interact with the people oh. there. Live, yeah. And well, so we got to speak it into his, ex- his existence. But look, we got a, we got a vision. We uh, have a vision. TV contracts changing up. ESPN, and ABC, going to get one of them Super Bowls. Uh, like uh, they just put us down on that game. Fitzgerald presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they'll make things even easier. They help you bundle your home and car insurance together, so you save on both. Who doesn't want to do that? Learn more at progressive.com or one eight hundred Progressive. All right. We've thought for weeks it might be happening. We now know it is an absolute fact. Aaron Rodgers is listening to this show again. I'll explain how we know it for sure next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. This is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. If there was any chance, any chance at all, that Aaron Rodgers was going to walk away, and this is just me, like, I don't know Aaron, but if it was in my in my mind, if there was As any chance. As in retire, walk like, away? retire. The retirement of Tom Brady makes that absolutely impossible because I can't imagine any scenario where any quarterback that's had the career that Aaron Rodgers has had would want to go into the Hall of Fame the same year as Tom Brady. How does it feel going into the Hall of Fame knowing that you're going in as the second-best quarterback back in your own class not a chance in hell but Aaron Rodgers is going to come back no matter what that was last Wednesday on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio the ESPN app series XM channel 80 with Harry Douglas myself Jason Fitz my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and whether or not he would retire the same year as Tom Brady well Harry for the second time I, maybe it's just coincidence maybe it's just coincidence <laughs> But for the second time, only days after we say something about Aaron Rodgers, he gets asked a question about that same topic on the Pat McAfee show. In fact, on the Pat McAfee show just uh, today, he has responded to people, like I'm using air quotes, he's responding to people that say he won't retire because Tom Brady did. This is Rodgers responding to people on the Pat McAfee show. You know, the idea I wouldn't want to share a stage with, you know, Tom and J.J. Watt, I think is ridiculous. So that's already going to be an incredible Hall of Fame class. Like, it's not even in the thought process. Their decisions don't impact. My own decision uh, doesn't make me want to, you know, come back so I can, you know, have the, you know, my own stage or whatever. I just, that's just not how I think. I don't think like that. That's what's, uh, what's going to be out there now until there's a, a final decision. It's a lot of fake news. I mean, that's our media in general. There's a ton of... Honestly, I, I yep. saw a report that 
athletes first uh, my my contract representation side you know has already said i'm going to the raiders or something right i read that oh. uh, the other day so <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is something else, man. Aaron Rodgers out it. By the way, I'm squarely not on the Aaron Rodgers going to the Raiders, but it can't be accidental that he throws out the same thing I said and the Raiders in the same conversation. Like he is straight up wind up Ooh. taking a 10 yard run and then kicking me in the no, no places like Look, that's, this, yeah, I, th- There's no doubt. This is what they do at the poetry club. You know, when, when people are on cue. You know, you hear all, oh, all the yeah. people around there snapping. Oh, yeah. Snap, snapping. Oh, he listens to Fitz and Harry, baby. He listens. Yeah, call me, man. We'll talk about your astrology stuff. You can call in, Triple Eight, say ESPN. You know what, Aaron, we'll get you your own your own phone number to call in on. We'll let you, we'll, let you, we'll bat phone you straight to the top of the list. Look, I stand by it. I, I, look, what's he going to say? Do you really think in that situation, you know, one of the things that they, they, believe it or not, there used to be coaching on interviews at ESPN, uh, as much as people think that none of us uh, work hard at our jobs, we do. And there used to be coaching on interviews. And one thing that they always tell you in coaching uh, from this class that we used to take was to anticipate the answer. So think about the question you're going to ask, anticipate the answer, and figure out if you're asking the right question. What do you think, Aaron Rodgers? Anticipate the answer to this. Would your ego not allow you to retire this year because you don't want to be the second-best quarterback in your own Hall of Fame class? Why, yes, I'm glad you discovered me. I'm an egomaniac, and I won't go in as the second or third best player in my own class. Like, the hell we expect him to say? I, I, like, I, well, I just don't I'll know what answer this, we Vince, want. I don't believe his answer that he gave. Because, number one, I know he's an individualized type of person. He loves the limelight. He loves the shine to be on him. So, no, I don't believe he will welcome going into the Hall of Fame with Aaron Rodgers and also J.J. Watt. I mean, excuse me, Tom Brady and J.J. Watt. I believe he wants that stage for himself because that's the, that's the vibe that he has given us over the last three or four years. Rob Domovsky covers the Packers for ESPN. A couple of tweets that he sent us today. Rogers said he has, quote, uh, an opportunity to do a little self-reflection and some isolation. And after that, I feel like oh. I'll be a lot closer to that final, final decision. God, I hope, I hope, I hope when I'm reading this to you, it sounds as terrible as it does when I'm reading it. He also said uh, he hasn't decided whether he's going to play in 2020, 2023. Quote, that's why I think it's going to be important to get through this week and take my isolation retreat and contemplate all things in my future. He called it a, quote, darkness retreat for four nights alone. So <laughs> let, 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 let me understand this. I'm so sick of this BS. Russ says, so sick Russ says, Bronco Nation, let's ride. And everybody wants to throw up in their mouth. I got to read darkness retreat and we got to sit here and say, oh no, that's just Aaron Rodgers being particular about him. So, oh God, just I, I'm just so Listen, over a- all of it. A-Rod loves every bit of this. Like you know he, he does. loves it. He loves it. He feeds off of this stuff, man. Like he 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 just loves it, Fitz. Yeah, I, I it's it's interesting, and y'all are right. I I'm gonna be fully transparent with the world because last week when we talked about Aaron Rodgers, some people came back and said, "Well, you're part of the problem. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers." I literally today sent in our group text that we have for this show. I said, "ESPN has become stage five clingers to Aaron Rodgers. Whatever he says, we're like, oh, I love you so much. Let's talk about it.' I'm just done. Ah, do want to get you? We got we got some breaking news from Woj. This is just coming across the uh, the Twitter machine, as it were. Uh, This is the tweet from Woj regarding the Brooklyn Nets, and I quote, In aftermath of Kyrie Irving trade, the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant are having ongoing conversations on the direction of the franchise, but 
Organization has thus far told inquiring teams that they're not planning to trade him before Thursday's deadline, sources tell ESPN. So Woj's telling us they're talking. Everything seems kind of up in the air, but organizations are saying right now they're not trading him. They're running out of time, Harry. That wouldn't be an easy trade to pull off. Well, exactly. I think it'll be more beneficial for the Brooklyn Nets to do it after this season where they can see, you know, where where they stand as an organization. Also, who else is out there that they can potentially get back for Kevin Durant? And I can only assume that it's going to be a hell of a haul for a player like Kevin Durant. Oh, man, whatever they want for Kevin Durant, they would get for Kevin Durant. But I I can't imagine... Your sales pitch right now is an easy one because you're going to one of the best players in the world. Yes, he's had his own health issues, but you're going to one of the best players in the world and you're saying, hey, right now we're going to put too much on your shoulders because there's not enough that we can acquire that will help you. But if you lift us through this heavy period this summer together, we will build in a championship way around you. That's asking a lot of trust from the player. Uh, The player's got to trust the team will actually execute that vision. Like That's just, Harry, that feels like that's asking a lot of Kevin Durant, but there's not much other alternative right now. Well, you know, here uh, here in Atlanta, I would just ask him to go out there, you know, with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray and, you know, get to the Eastern Conference you, putting him in finals and potentially go to the NBA finals. And I just want Kevin Durant here in Atlanta, okay? I, mean, I love my Atlanta teams. Don't get mad at me. I, I want Kevin Durant. You know, you know where KD needs to go? He needs to go back to the Warriors so everybody has Ooh. to get right back in their feels about whether or not he's a good guy or a bad guy now. Like, is he a heel? Is he a face? Do we root for him? Do we root against him? Is it good guy? Is it bad guy? That's that's what I need in my blood. In my blood. Easy money sniper out there, Shooting that thing from any and everywhere with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, I would love to see it again. Thank I said it on first take this summer. I would love to see it again. You just you bring him in for a few months. They win another title. Everybody decides they hate him. The entire Warriors roster going to join Kenny and Carlin, so you don't want to miss that. That's coming up. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to us. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.